that was The Realness by RuPaul Charles herself. Ladies, we're gonna get so real, we're gonna get so raw, because this is no brow givings, because we don't have no brows to give. With my co-host, Erica, how are you? Hi, Jeremy, how are you, honey? How's everything? Good, um, how are you? I'm fine. You have a great weekend. I had a nice weekend, too, you know. About a weekend, because the weekend didn't even start. Anyway, we're here for the new brows giving, giving you another episode of our podcast. We have amazing topics to talk about. And especially since we started with a RuPaul's Drag Race song, we're definitely going to start off with the bat with talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, The Reunion. Erica. Yes. What about it? Actually, I really like it. Um, I didn't watch the whole uh, season, but I watched The Reunion. And I really, really like the reunion. Um, first of all, I like the um, some of the, the the girls that were um, in the reunion, and you know, I like the conversation and everything. And um, well, did well, you catch the part when they said? Did you catch the part when they said we were thirteen, but now we're twelve? Yes, I didn't catch it for some reason, and I don't know why. Yeah, because so. Huh? If you guys don't know about why they threw shade when they said there was 13, but now we're 12, it's because allegedly, we talked about this before in my podcast, Sherry Pie was disqualified by RuPaul's Drag Race. So she was top four, but because of sexual assaults and misconduct by breaking the law and forcing people to consume drugs and things that they shouldn't be consuming, she got disqualified from Drag Race. That's why they threw shade this week that just went by on the reunion saying that we were 13, but now we're 12. What do you think about that? Actually, I think that, um, I mean, she, I mean, you know that she was disqualified and everything, but to be honest with you, I mean, she did her part. You know, she did, she was able to be in, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the, in the drag race, you know? So when you said she did her part, I have a question for you now because this is something that's very controversial. So a lot of people have been saying that World of War Wonders should have never touched the 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 recording of the of the show. Um, they think that VH1 should have never um tampered with the editing of the show because they believe Mm -hmm. that people believe that they wanted to see Sherry Pie add her worse than at her best. That means that they wanted to see her interact, they wanted to see her talk, and most of the, the season, they did not let her talk, on only in the first episode. Now, they completely edited her out. And now, mm-hmm. when you're saying that she showcased a lot of what she did, my question to you is, because this is a very big topic in the gay community, especially in this drag community, where they it comes to the point where a lot of people are saying that her fashion designer should be credited so that means that they should show her off in every episode because her fashion designer works so hard in those outfits and he sponsored them. Now, this is work that he would never get paid for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I don't think it was uh, fair with the whole situation, you know? Um, oh, God. Yeah, it's, Well, let's give you... I'm going to give Erica a little bit of a rewind here. So, Sherry Pye is a New York City queen. 
Mm-hmm. She's worked in New Jersey. She's worked in New York. She has also traveled, I believe, to Georgia and to the South and to London. Now, the thing about Sherry Pie is that she made, made a fake email account with Alice Mosby. She was pretending to be a woman named Alice Mosby, who was a um, casting agent from L.A. Now, she was casting men who were white, predominantly male, with beards, who looked a little bit muscular. But here's the thing. She was catfishing them by pretending to be Alice Mosby by telling them that she can get them on Hollywood or on TV. Now, the thing is, when you go, when we all know that when you're an actor or when you're a singer or when you're trying to be in the TV world or in Broadway, there are certain things the casting agency asks for you. It's either they need you fat or they need you skinny or they need a muscular guy or they need you to look a certain part. Now, we've definitely seen these types of things in I Am Legend with, um, with uh, what's this guy's name? Um, he is the, he's, he's been from a part of um, A Fresh Prince from Bel-Air, A Men in Black. Um, so my thing is just like, he and I Am Legend, he had to lose a lot of weight in order to look skinny. Even the guy who played Iron Man. He has to lose a lot of weight to make that first cut on the yeah. first movie of American um, that he was skinny and he was and he was deformed. So now my thing is, Alice Mosby pretended to tell these guys to take, um, you know, all these drugs to enhance their muscles. So she w- she was um, Sherry Pie was allegedly pretending to be Alice Mosby and telling these men to take steroids, telling oh. these men to to basically use foreign objects and to and to do uh, like more than a thousand videos I believe are done of them mm-hmm. doing doing sexual acts to themselves for a part of, on a movie with foreign objects or steroids. Oh now, my god. Now mm-hmm. this was a rumor that was spread in New York City a yeah. long time. Way yes. before Drag Race. And not only that, the thing that affected Sherry Pie was that even though she has just made it on Drag Race this year, a lot of people think that, oh, why didn't they talk about it back then? Well, it's not that they didn't talk about it back then. The rumors were always there. Yeah. Two months, get this, Erica, two months before Drag Race went in, before um, Sherry Pie went in, she mess. She kept messaging people, and she kept telling everybody who was, she was pretending to be um, Alice Mosby. She was telling them that Alice Mosby was not feeling okay. That her parents got into an accident, a tragic accident where they died. And then she also lied and said that Alice Mosby's alleged kids got killed in a massacre. Now oh a massacre God. in the United. Now a massacre in the United States is something that comes out in the news. Yes. You can never miss it. So. The fact that Sherry Pie said all these things right before she went into Drag Race, that means she was still catfishing people to this day. Now, RuPaul himself decided to cut her out, eliminate her, and the casting world of World Wonder and VH1 decided to each winning that Sherry Pie did donate to the Trevor Project, which was $5,000 every time she won. Oh my God. So how do you feel about Sherry Pie now? I, to be honest with you, yeah, no, I feel, no, no, I mean, I feel really, I, I, you know, with the story that you're telling me, I feel, you know, I, I feel upset. I am upset about her. Everybody's upset She's because, upset, yeah. you know what, 
she was star quality. There was so much potential there. There was so much artistry. There was so much talent. And she messed up her her career. But to be honest with you, that that you know make to be honest, there are people who I don't know if they are um stupid or they are I'm sorry to use that word, you know? Or maybe I mean, they have numbers. We don't have the brows to give, so we don't care what you say as long as you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, you know what? I mean, maybe she had mental issues, or I don't know what is the the issue there. Because now, well, that's you're... a great fact that you said, and I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like try to stop you there because you said something very interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. You said that maybe she's dealing with mental issues. Yeah. Now here is the big. Point. And I want you to think about this because I know you have more to say. And I want you to think about this when, so you can add on to what you're gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the release of Drag Race season 12, mm-hmm. Sherry Pie was talking a lot about mental health issues. Now she was trying to jump on the train of mental health issues. So when this came out, people might soft for her. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: it did not work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people, even though, you know, if she had, you know, let's say she had mental issues, you know, people wouldn't understand because she went too far, you know, than what she was supposed to do. And in order for her to go, you know, in a, in, you know, in a, in a race, you know, and to get into a TV, you know, or do something professional, you know, she should have work on her issues. You know, before she she should have. And you know, one one thing that um, the World of Wonder and VH1 does is that they actually do a psychology test on each competitor. Mm -hmm. They want to make sure that somebody's not going to come in there and beat somebody up if they have anger issues. They're making sure that they're bringing people who are safe to bring on TV. Yeah. Now, this is a reality TV show, but this is also a reality TV show that represents the LGBT community. Exactly. And we want to represent it, and we want to represent ourselves in a very constructive manner, just to the fact that, you know, there are stereotypes that are brought up about drag queens. There are stereotypes about gay men. There are stereotypes about Mm -hmm. trans women. So, definitely, there are those things where, in Drag Race, they do have psychotherapy where they analyze them before they go in. Now, Sherry Pie passed this. Somebody who has mental issues would not pass this. What do you think about that? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a, yeah, Tony, that's a good point. Because, you know, uh, somebody I somebody who has mental issues would not pass this uh, test. However, maybe if they, if they are taking medications, and they are, you know, using some medications for, to treat their issues, their problems, their mental issues, they could have passed the, the the test. However, she could have been taking medications and maybe she stopped taking them. You know? So it's very it's very hard to predict. But maybe she is what she is. You know, and she does the things because she you know, she doesn't, you know? But yes. so that's probably like I say, you know, she did things intentionally and so it has nothing to do with how if she has mental issues or not. That's true. Now, jumping back into the reunion, enough about Sherry Pie, because what? She is done and fried up and overcooked, and we don't want that pie. She's expired, mama. Uh-huh. So getting back to the reunion, um, so definitely the reunion was a little bit of a gag. RuPaul was wearing a mask. 
Now, a lot of people are going off on the internet, making a lot of memes of RuPaul saying, can RuPaul make it do his makeup? I also made a meme where I said, my plans before coronavirus, my future plans, and then RuPaul in the middle with coronavirus. <laughs> now, the funny thing about this is a lot of people are saying, well, did Brave, can Raven come and do RuPaul's makeup or can RuPaul do his own makeup? Now, we all know that Raven is one of the most iconic drag queens yes. on Drag Race that's it face. Mm -hmm. Raven is the one behind the scenes um, painting RuPaul's face mm -hmm. um, in her makeup. So my thing is, a lot of people are getting on the fence. Oh, like if RuPaul was like this on the reunion, mm -hmm. how would RuPaul be on the finals? Now, one thing is that RuPaul, and I'm going to say this right here, mm -hmm. because I think we all all of us who are big fans should know this um, and should realize this, is that he never shows up in drag for the reunion. He is always through the man himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, uh, because um, I remember uh, the, in the other reunions, I didn't see him dressed like a, like a, you know, as a drag queen or anything like that, you know, or as a drag. Never, I never see him like that. But one thing you have to say is that that in, the, in this reunion, I didn't like his outfit for some reason. You know, I didn't. So you know. the outfit. So the outfits, um, so another thing was that the whole theme of the reunion was actually a slumber party. It was a sleepover. Yeah. And you know, girls, for sleepovers, you wear your curlers. Jan Sport was wearing them. You wear your, you get your pillows. Yeah. You know, Jada uh, Paul had her pillows in the back of her head. Or you wear your PJs. That's why um, most of the girls were wearing PJs. I mean, Britta, I am going to clock Britta. Yeah. Filters on this one. Um, Britta was not wearing a slumber party outfit. Mm -hmm. No Tino Shade, sister. I love you, but you were not wearing a slumber party. And another person who wasn't wearing a slumber party was Britta's rival. Oh. So my thing is, if the whole thing was a slumber party, so RuPaul was definitely bringing you slumber party realness, the sweater, the face mask, you know, when you're girls night and mm -hmm. you wear your face mask you do your nails and you and you know you're just yeah. relaxed yeah exactly and you know i don't think you know i mean what i saw yesterday i mean i was watching the the reunion uh but one thing that i saw is that all the effort that these girls put into their makeups their costumes and everything even though it's quarantine you know even though they are at home you know in order to go out and to show themselves in the reunion they didn't have to. No. So why is RuPaul, you know, wearing a mask and he didn't do any type of effort to use some kind of, you know, makeup or, or have a nice, you know, a nice custom? Even though he doesn't have a makeup artist, right? Around, you know, around, you know. Or He's a drag queen. He should know how to paint yeah, himself. He, yeah, he should, he should. He should at least say, you know what, I'm going to... Uh, have some and you know make myself an, an effort to look nice because all these girls they they put a lot of work into their their, their makeup and the costumes they all look beautiful and to be honest with you that's true that and you know what? That's, some, that's something so true um i think that a lot of people preach but they don't do what they preach yeah, exactly. so what my friend is saying right now is girl if you're preaching something you better do what you preach yeah exactly and mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. And then going back to Aiden Zane and Britta mm -hmm. Filters. Now, they both were not wearing, you know, 
the category of the slumber party. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both looked beautiful, but it did not match the category to the slumber party. Mm-hmm. But one thing that was interesting was that, and I want to see your reaction on this. I want to hear your reaction <laughs> yes. on this. So Aiden Zane was the one who Britta was always bullying on Drag Race. Oh. Now Brit and Aiden Zane told Britta, well, maybe you were telling me all the things you hated about yourself. Now, that's something very hard to say to someone. But here's the big fallback on this that they didn't address on the reunion, mm-hmm. which was a lot of what was going behind the scenes while the season was going through. Now, Aiden Zane had on Twitter this. Mm-hmm. I hate, and I'm not going to say it because I think this word is very bad. Um, Aiden, Aiden Zane has said, I hate these N-word people. They think that they are the shit. Now, we know that the so-called N-words are the derogatory that was used back in the days, especially um, in America America during segregation Mm -hmm. and slavery towards African-Americans. And for somebody who feels like that about african-american people and black people in general um shouldn't be signing up for a competition that is hosted by an african-american person exactly and you know what i think i think that a person honestly i don't want to be harsh on this but a person who says the n-word or say something racist or something prejudiced they should be disqualified immediately i'm sorry to say that because you know what you cannot tolerate well here's the thing We are in America, so there is freedom of speech. Now, she does have the freedom of speech to say hateful things. Now, one thing is you can preach hateful speeches in certain places, like court or a church. But the thing is, I mean, at the end of the day, she still loses because, you know, people like this will always lose. They will never have the upper hand. Now, why, why is she losing? Not only does she prove herself to be a fool in this season, or the victim, or or she victimized herself, she lost a lot of fandom. Nobody likes her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody likes her. And nobody's going to to like like her. And one thing is, that's another thing about stupidity. Because, for example, if she wants to succeed, if she wants to be popular, you know, and she wants to have a lot of fans, you know, she should not be saying things like that. Because that will disqualify her immediately. You know, it's not ruin her career because fans are from different race, different colors, different tastes, whatever, you know? Well, especially when you're white, you shouldn't be saying things like that. (laughs) Now, the funny thing is that they do threw her shade about her Snatch Game because she allegedly pretending to know the celebrity that she was impersonating. The celebrity from Rocky Horror Pictures came out saying, I don't even know who she is. Oh, wow. And she did a terrible (laughs) job of impersonating me. Wow, that's good. That's good, Anise. (laughs) It was the most funniest thing that ever happened in the season in my eyes. But another another thing that I think that was interesting to me is that there wasn't no defense mechanism. Well, there wasn't no defense support to defend Britta Filters. Mm-hmm. Now, Britta Filters became the villain of the season. Now, my question is, would it be that Sherry Pie would have been the villain? Because Sherry Pie and Britta have something in common. They're both produced queens who bring it to the stage. Now, I think that my only fallback that I think that 
I, you know, I talk great about Britta because she's my sister, but I think there was only one fallback that she did have. Well, actually, too, the acting challenge, I think she did really bad and really poorly, and I think she could have done better. That's a uh, that's a positive critique. So whoever, whoever thinks I'm talking shit, I'm talking about positive critiques. Yeah. Now, even RuPaul told her that, Michelle Visage told her that. Now, another thing would have been um, the Michelle Visage ball walk. The, you know, the category was Michelle Visage. Now, the wig kind of wasn't doing it for me. It looked very cheap. It looked very dusted. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, she has a lot of talent. She has a lot of things. And I, did, and I personally think that just because I know her, I think she didn't shine the way we know her to be. I think she got very mm-hmm. intimidating because this is Drag Race and it gets intimidating. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's actually with Drag Race, it's like, you know, it's everybody's competing. Everybody's trying. You and know, you know, and, what, you know that's the key word. It's a competition. And one thing yes. is, my thing is that, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people are saying Britta's a bitch. She didn't play the game right. This is a competition. There's no yeah. way of playing the game. I, no. Let me tell you, if I, as a drag queen, I'm in a competition and you are in the same competition that I am and you ask me, what do you think? Should I wear this or this? I'm going to tell you to wear the ugly thing. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, a competition. Exactly. I want to <laughs> win. Yeah, exactly. It's $100,000. Exactly. And you know what? When you are in a competition, nobody's your friend. You are not, you're not, you're not going over there to, to I mean, make friends. You're going there to compete. And trying to bring the best of you. And you're not going to That's... really, you know, be like, oh yeah, I, I'm going to uh, try to be nice to the other person so they can win their $100,000 or more. <laughs> no, you cannot do that. Hello, that, and that's the truth. <laughs> and you know what? My thing is just like, like it's just it's just so funny that a lot of people clap back at Brita Filters for playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Um, I, I, I do feel that Brita did make a mistake i don't know if it's editing but um i feel like she shouldn't attack aiden zane because one thing that was interesting to me is because aiden zane is a young drag queen about yeah. the same race that i have in drag and um britta is, an, is a, um britta's not that far along from aiden zane or or actually not far along from me mm-hmm. but how you call it um she is somebody who always supports local queens she is somebody who's always supporting younger queens she's somebody who you can talk to in new york city and say hey look listen like i need help paying this and that britta Mm -hmm. will find a way to help you and she's sweet she's humble and i think that's something that nobody saw and i think you know let's talking back about mental health issues britta did deal with mental health issues and has talked about mental issues in the past if you followed her on instagram she had breakdowns mm-hmm. sometimes in her life and the reason why i kind of connected to her was because i was dealing with mental health health issues myself and i still am i think some of us are still going through mental health issues and you know we need support from each other and one thing was that i gravitated to her because I was dealing with the same anxiety and stress. So I felt that because she was getting better, she could he- help me heal. Mm-hmm. And she kind of did. I'm not going to lie. She gave me, she provided the resources for yes. me mm-hmm. and everything. But again, you know, it is TV and it is a competition. It is. The fact of the matter, it's also drag. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. At the end of the day, they're all going to go home. They're all going to be friends. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest with you, I mean, the, the thing about competition to compete 
and to win. But at the same time, you know, we are we know that this is um a community, and we have to support each other. You know, we have to support each other because this is a very difficult. It's very difficult for us. You know, uh, for well, example, we have to support each other, each other. except for Shirley Yes. Uh-huh. No, we have to support each other in a way, you know, emotionally and many different ways. Because you know what, the LGBT community, we as a LGBT community, we are target. We are, we target. are a target, yeah. and you know that's yeah. something very interesting. We are such a small community. The LGBT community, if you do not know this, um, by the worldwide facts, by Lady German's facts, by yes. every other person's fact, is only one percent of the human population. That yes. is a small amount of people compared to worldwide. Now, here's the okay. thing: we are a small community that should be supporting each other, yes. but somehow or some way. We attack each other. Yes. Yeah, and I noticed that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talking about attacking each other, let's go to a quick little break and let's come back back to this reunion and talk a little bit more about the LGBT community and how I think that we attack each other and how we know it attacks each other. My name is Lady Jervin, and this is Erica. We'll be right back. Yes. The category is mm-hmm. lions attacking each other. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you were just hearing Vogue, one of the most iconic persons in the world, Madonna. Mm-hmm. So, this is the interesting thing about this song because right now we're going to jump into Pose right right after when we're done with um, a little bit of Drag Race. But mm-hmm. let's talk about how, you know, let's talk about how we're excited about the finalist. The finalist is Jada Essence Hall. And you can hashtag Jada Essence mm-hmm. Hall to vote for her. You can also hashtag Gigi Good to vote for Gigi. <laughs> you can hashtag Crystal Meth in order to vote for them. Now the season finale will be premiere on VH1's um, brought to you by the World of Wonder this Friday. So moving forward, we were talking about how the gay community attacks each other. Now yes. let's jump into Pose because I feel like this is something that has to do with Pose. Yes. So, being somebody a part of the LGBT community, I do feel moments where I feel that, you know, we are being aggressive towards each other. We are throwing shade. We are being mean to each other. We're being bullies to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, my thoughts are that uh, basically I see, um, com- you know, the LGBT community, people talking about each other, talk, uh, people criticizing each other, criticizing um, the fact that they have, you know, um, issues and problems, you know, and from other other members. And one thing I have to say is that we all have issues. This is one thing. We all have issues. For the reason why we all have issues is because being part of the LGBT community is not easy. You know, it's, we have been criticized, we have been 
uh, discriminated would have been bullied our whole life because we are what we are and we try to be what we want, want to be and it wasn't easy so that's the reason why it was difficult for us to grow up um having all these difficulties in our life you know and of course um some of us are going to end up with depression they're going to end up with um um depression also depre- too. depression exactly you know depression uh, repression anger depre- anger frustration um even with drug um addiction alcoholism um or even even some people uh try to you know do uh self-harm or uh they try to commit suicide you know so, this is part of this frustration that we have and i think that we have to understand each other because it's not easy like that so why criticizing each other well we should get together and try to support each other emotionally and try to help each other and understand each other because we went to the same issues or similar issues you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And jumping into the fact that we, as a community, bully each other, Insights is one of the programs that is sponsored by Snapchat and YouTube, and they do a lot of informational background research on certain different topics. And one of them was bullying in the gay community. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that was very common was how Latinos and whites attack Black men and make them feel less attractive and make them feel um like they are not attractive and they are not something appealing but yet gay men mm-hmm. sexualize um gay latinos and white latinos sexualize black americans black people mm-hmm. so my thing is how do we fall into the category where here are latinos mm-hmm. well actually let me rewrite that here are whites because whites are always going to be in the top here are the latinos now latinos you can be white passing or you can be a latino that you can tell that you're latino Mm -hmm. or you can be a black latino now the white passing latinos are normally considering themselves white they don't see themselves as latinos they consider themselves white so they think that they're better at times now we have the latinos who are hard workers who you know as a latino myself I might not be it, but I know I'm, and I'm going to use my words very wisely because mm-hmm. I know that y'all attacked me last time when I said this, but mm-hmm. let me say it right. <clears throat> I'm not saying that all Latinos are racist or, or, um, or are machismo, uh, machistas, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, in English that is, um, hetero, you know, like a hetero being uh, like uh, you're too like that whole like like you're you're just a male chauvinist Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. uh male dominance yes and then you know we're very like that and you know you can't say that we're not because we are Mm -hmm. and how you call it and then you have um the black latinos who don't Mm -hmm. really consider themselves latinos actually consider themselves black and then you have the black Mm -hmm. all the way at the bottom beneath like if they're nothing now my thing is just like I think that we should give more credit to the black community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Why? First of all, black people, 
during their time segregations in the 1938s while Martin Luther King was doing the, the whole riots and they were marching um, to, you know, to have equality and equal rights with grassroots campaigns. A lot of gay black males were not accepted in the community. Now, imagine being black and gay. It's very hard. It's very difficult. Especially in the mm-hmm. 1930s. Yes, exactly. Because you're you trying to find your people. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult because a lot of the gays are black um, or even Latinos, you know. It was very difficult for them, first of all, because they were uh, black. At the same time, there was a lot of segregation for everybody. You couldn't go anywhere. Uh, you couldn't, uh, let's say, get in the bus. You have to go sit all the way in the back, <laughs> you know, and then... Well, imagine you know, if you were gay and black, you couldn't even get on the you bus. You couldn't, couldn't get in the bus, for example. You couldn't even get an education, you know, and then actually being gay, it was difficult because, you know, it's like, uh, it, it, they will treat you worse. They will treat you very bad. And guess what? You know, they will, will not be able to say who they were and... Even to the point that they probably, if I was if I was black and I was gay, I would probably commit suicide because you know what I would be to live like that. And that was a big trend back in the day. Now, one thing that is very interesting to me is that we, as gay people, we have a lot to owe to the black community, especially also to the trans community of black women's too. And you know, my and I just mean everybody. I'm not. I'm not trying to, um, you know, disinvalidate anybody. I'm not trying to discredit anybody, but I am trying to give credit a lot to the black community because this is something that is true. We all see it in today's world with pop culture, how Kim Car- the Kardashians, for example, yes. they're white women who look nowadays like if they are women of color, if they have black de- um, um, descendants mm-hmm. from them, which they don't. They are a white predominantly woman. And um, my thing is just that you know, uh, even way past the 1930s, if you were gay, no matter what, you would either be hung or killed. Yes. Or, um, you know, during those times of the 70s and the 60s, the biggest trend was gay children were being kicked out of their houses. Exactly. Yeah, and it's still now, happening. <laughs> yeah. Now, why do I give credit to the Black community for having the culture and giving us the culture? Because we saw this in the birth of the ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. And that's where gay culture started. Mm-hmm. Now, the ballroom scene that people know of now today, they know about it from Pose and Paris is Burning. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that the person who threw the first brick in Stonewall was Marsha P. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Not only a, a gay representative but also a trans woman of color through the first brick that day and not only did she talk about back in in the day about how how she she i love this speech that she said because she 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 was speaking from her heart and anger and she used her voice and her words correctly Mm -hmm. and she was very careful what she said but she was talking a lot about how as gay people and as a trans person 
who is very queer. And I mean queer in the aspect of that you drew crisscross feminized dress mm -hmm. or you wear what or you wear anything, not caring what gender it belongs to. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, a lot of what gay white men or other gay men didn't like gay men who were too feminine or trans or drag queens. They didn't really like them. Now, mm -hmm. let's jump into Pose. Yes. Now, we saw, I don't know if you have, but in Pose, we seen one episode where the mother of, I'm sorry, oh, I forgot the house. I'm so yeah. silly. But we all saw that the mother of Evangelica mm -hmm. got kicked out of one of the gay bars in in the village yes i saw that uh-huh and they, they told her we don't want we don't want um gays like you especially black gay guys who dress as women do you know did they did they mention i'm not i don't remember where it was but did they mention the word female no they did they did right yeah it was very uh hurtful yeah, and I was it was surprising because you know it was a gay bar, you know. Yeah, it was well, a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of gay people have perceptions about trans women, and to this day, it is a common thing that gay men are transphobic. Yeah, it is a new thing, and it's the thing, and you know we have it that already the 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 straight community is homophobic and transphobic, but it's interesting and it's hard. And, and, and it breaks my heart in a way that the gay community can still be transphobic. But you know why they are transphobic? But at the same time, I noticed that they are transphobic. They are machistas. Machistas, because you know, yes. thinking about it, these, these um, trans women, they are women. <laughs> you know, and they are saying, you know, don't let them in in the bar because this is only for men, for, for you know, gay men. So it's like especially gay white men at it's the not time. Gay white men at the time, and you know it was, you know, it kind of bothered me. You know the way you know that they treated her, and you know they took her out of the bar, and it was like um, treat her like she was nothing. But you know what? Themselves they have been discriminated like that. I mean, you know how many of them in that bar have been bullied in school for being feminine? Yep. You know, I mean, they were also. Or, or let's talk about this. Some of them, some of them are not probably even out to the people. Yeah. And you know what's one thing I feel that in that point of time, I felt like most of those gay men in that bar were probably not out and they were suppressing their own saboteur. They were, they were heartbroken that they see this woman yeah. being her authentic self yes. while they are not. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's why I saw, I saw the frustration of this, you know, seeing this, person who's able to show herself the way she wants to be you know why well, they have to be in the bar or in press and probably they have to go home to their wife because i'm pretty sure that a lot of them were married in there they were married to women you know and to other women straight yes. women that have yes. families they have children that's a great topic yeah that's a great thing exactly. that's a great i'm gonna quote that yeah a lot back in the days, a lot of gay white men had families, had kids, had children, and they were gay behind them or their wives back. Exactly. And now the biggest issue in that is 
you were probably if by sleeping with all these men mm-hmm. behind your wife's back, you were probably bringing HIV back to your house exactly. back in the day. Exactly. You were, sexual transmissions, anything. Yeah. Like you know, you were risking people for it. And not only that, I feel like I find it very heartbreaking too that some of these men force themselves to marry women yeah. and then just leave them and pretend that they never existed in their life. Yeah, exactly. You know, but a lot of them they stay married to women um, to the wife for years and you know and for many years. For example, in my content, for example, um, we were I was uh, I think I I was talking to somebody that I knew. That was funny. I had this conversation with somebody about five years ago. And they say that you know there are a lot of you know, um you know in the gay community in Peru you know and for example that a lot of you know men they said that they were they were married they had children and everything but they were they hated their wife they hated them so much and it's, it was like um even to the point they were abusive to them to their wife and but do you think do you think do you think that Maybe they were not really hating their wife; they were hating themselves. They were hating themselves. Yeah, it's important. In the position of making someone else fall in love with them. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Exactly. And no, they were hating themselves. And by the way, there were uh, the uh, there were uh, there was a movie that I watched uh, a long time ago. Oh my god, I don't remember how the, the, the name of the movie in the top of my head. But it's about a Peruvian man. He's actually a journalist. Um, but he was, that was his story. And he's talking about um, how the uh, gay community back in the 80s in my country, you know, are more high class people. And for example, they had the, the the sample of this guy who was married and had children, but he was gay. But he went outside uh, at nighttime and he would start persecuting uh, trans women, <laughs> trans women and gay men. He start he start uh, bullying them and um, you know beating the crap out of them. You know what I mean? So no. it was like. But it was because he hated himself and he he hated that he hated them too, you know? Well, you know, as somebody who I, I, you know, and I've been open about this in my podcast and you guys were very responsive to this um, in the second episode. You know, I did talk about this. I did talk about how when I was in high school, I used to bully gay people, but I used to bully gay people because, you know, I was scared because of what people were telling me at home. Yeah. But I was also suppressing who i was yes exactly mm-hmm. because i was i was probably you know even though i didn't think about it i was probably mad that why is that per- why can that person be gay and i cannot be yeah no exactly because you were you were frustrated not to i mean not you but me by saying people in in general the people that are like that they are frustrated that they cannot be who they are who they want to be so they, they start thinking all all the people who you know and try to bully them and the thing is that also like people there are people who are um you know gay uh and they try to bully other people because they wanna see they want to they don't want to be looked at as they are weak you know so they can also bully other people to pretend that they are men you know and they are tough men now one thing that's very interesting to me 
and these are facts. Yeah. Uh, the world cannot lie that these are facts. They might be not written, but we all know deep in our hearts this is the fact. Yes. Trans women and black people definitely have brought us culture to the gay community. We have seen it through the ballroom scene mm-hmm. with the voguing, with with you know voguing and pose and and categories. Mm-hmm. You know, now the ballroom scene started back in the day. Um with the house of Angie Extravaganza, it started with the house of of uh, Jacqueline Dupree, mm-hmm. which now there's another Jacqueline Dupree, which is her great great granddaughter. Oh, wow. These are the old house. These are the old houses of New York City. This started back in the day in New York City, and New York City was known to be a refugee island for gay men to go to when they were kicked out of their oh, house. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. So you know. And I, I used the word refugee lightly mm-hmm. because gay men were not, you know, allowed to work. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was illegal, as well as for trans oh my women. God. Um, in certain states to this day, trans women are not allowed to work in the U.S. and um, or get mel- um, medical health mm-hmm. insurance. But back in the days, you know, these people did bring us culture to our community. Mm-hmm. We even saw it with... Um, with how you call it, um, the House of Labesha, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was just like so much that they brought. And starting with the ballroom scene, now if you don't know about the ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. The ballroom scene was a place to go to back in the day. It was a place to escape the reality of people hating you and and calling you a faggot uh. and calling you. Mm-hmm so many words it was a place where you were accepted it was a place where you had people who supported you it was a place where even though you were shady to each other it was family yeah. predominantly predominantly in the ballroom scene most of the people in there were black mm-hmm. and hispanic now days if you go to the ballroom scenes now you do see um a percentage of white people who are no voters and the funny thing is a lot of POC people always say this oh white people when they first watch Paris mm-hmm. is Burning and then white people after they watch Paris is Burning and then they show pictures of white people trying to vote mm-hmm. but my thing is just like this just proves how much culture we brought you know what and yes. and I want to and I want to point out something that I've noticed and it came to my head this week which was that some gay men can be so transphobic Mm -hmm. but then answer me this question aren't trans women and from watching posts don't you think that trans women were the first original mothers of gay men yes they were exactly you know and I noticed that I'm like oh my gosh trans woman mother like trans woman who see gay men or seeing another trans girl or seeing like queer kids out there by themselves, they kind of mother them. Yes. And that was a trend. And that was a trend that started back in the day, which was houses and mothers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because you know, they were like mothers of people who were uh, neglected. You know, for example, uh, like, um, you know, like that, the, the main character, you know, she adopted this gay guy you know who got kicked out of his house you know by his father and then he adopted this um uh, his kid 
I don't think he's gay, right? Uh, then, uh, well, Poppy, yeah. Poppy, I don't, he's not yeah. gay, but you know, she adopted him because he was um, in the streets and he was, he didn't have anybody, any parents or anybody. And also he, um, she adopted um, this other uh, girl, uh, um, Angel. Angel. Yeah. So basically, you know, she was like a mother for all of them. But it was because, you know, she was also in, in the streets. She was also neglected and she suffered a lot in her life. So basically, she wanted to have a mother who loved her and cared about her, you know? And that's the reason why uh, she definitely wanted to provide the same love and the same affection to these children who were not her children, but were spiritually her children, you know? It was a beautiful thing. And, you know, and... It's... Yeah. So, like, Bianca... So... So, the thing about um, the main character is she's actually inspired by Andre Extravaganza. Andre Extravaganza <laughs> was the first ballroom scene mother who won Mother of the Year award because she kept her family yes. intact. The word intact means she made a strong family that never yes. broke because it was it, it was a thing back in the day where you had mm-hmm. kids who were house jumpers who said oh I'm the house of this now I'm the house of that yeah. now I'm the house of this again now I'm exactly. the house of that and Lange Extravaganza was somebody who the her kids were loyal she was a loyal mother she supported her kids in every type of way mm-hmm. and the thing that's so interesting is that 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 you know trans women were like the first original yeah. drag mothers for yes. gay kids and were the the beacon of like housing and hope and support and everything mm-hmm. and it just it just it just yeah it's not yeah how... and one thing that really uh one thing that i was surprised about this mother is that even she wanted her child to go to school to be accepted in the you know in the art school you know um uh she wanted to her kids to be leaders. Successful, to have to have an education. She wanted advocated for them. <laughs> it was it was an amazing thing. It was like uh, you know, it was this woman. To be honest with you, I think that she was a real mother, and she was a mother, even though she didn't give birth to these children. She was a mother, a real mother. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, a lot of people forgot that sometimes. We don't have to be blood related. Yeah. I mean, me and you, me and you know that um, from from things that have happened to me or from life or for life. Yes. Um, you know, sometimes our family are people who choose to be a part of our lives. Sometimes our families are people who who want to support us and want to be there for us more than our own family. At yeah, times. it's a family that you choose. <laughs> it's a family. It's not actually the family who gave birth to you. It's a family that you choose. It's, that's a real family. Yeah. Or sometimes that chooses you. Yeah, or somebody that chooses you. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's what it is. And, you know, for example, you know, in my case, you know, um, you know, I, I am bisexual, but, you know, my family doesn't know. <laughs> you know, my family doesn't know. Uh, my Only my husband, but my family is not aware of that. I mean, and to be honest with you, there are things that I don't want to talk to my family. I can't talk to my family. My family, you know, are nice to me, but I don't know how they're going to react if I say, you know, if I say who I am. So basically, I yeah. go to people 
who will listen to me, who will listen to my fears, to my, you know, yeah, you look for your people, you look for your people, somebody who exactly. you can relate to. And, you know, I want to jump back into something that you yes. had said earlier. You said that, you said that Blanca, and I want to re- rephrase Blanca because I got the name wrong in the beginning because I was thinking uh, of my friend Bianca. But Blanca is the mother of the House of Extravaganza. Yes. I mean, the House of Evangelista. Yes. Post. And Blanca has a son named oh, Poppy. Oh, aha, uh-huh, yeah. Now, Poppy is straight. And the point that I want to hit on this is Poppy and Angel. Angel is a trans yes. woman who is, you know, beautiful. Nobody can clock her that she is, um, that she was biologically yes. born in man. But Poppy sees Angel as a woman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, oh, this is where <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about this. What do you think might happen with Poppy and Angel sexually? Like, do you think Poppy would sleep with Angel when it comes to getting down to doing business? Because we need to talk about the fact that Angel in the series struggles with having Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though she's a woman, because she looks like a like a beautiful woman. And she's actually a woman. And uh yeah. No, yeah, she's she a woman. A woman. She, I mean she's beautiful. And I think that any man will definitely uh fall in love with her. But I will definitely think that things will happen between them. Yes. I think so. Because you know what? I mean, at one point, they will probably... <laughs> you know, it's not about how you look, uh, you know, physically or how you are. It's basically about how you feel with this other, with the person, um, emotionally. No, I do want to come... Yeah, now I do want to commend both actors. Um, the one of um, Angel's Lover, the one that plays in American Horror Stories. I want to commend him, and I want to commend Poppy also too, because these are two heterosexual men who don't yeah. care. They see these women as what they are, women. They're webmen. Now, one topic that I do want to talk about um, when we come right back is how people people treat other trans women who are not fully developed fully Mm -hmm. developed we'll find out when we come right back back that was sylvester you make me feel and talking about you make me feel let's talk about how people make me feel and i want to hear your thoughts on this erica yes Mm -hmm. so Going back to what I was um, saying, I noticed that a lot of people and a lot of gay men, you know, a lot of gay men, when it comes to the ballroom scene nowadays or the club scene, they usually, like, if you're if you're that bitch in the aspect of you're that queen, it doesn't matter if you're trans or a drag queen, you know, they judge you. Yes. You know, if you're an unpolished drag queen, they judge you. If you're, uh, you know, in the middle upcoming queen, they're still judging you. And then mm-hmm. until you get to the top, that's when they stop judging. And then the other ones that judge you are haters or consider haters. Now, let's talk about that for trans women. Mm-hmm. Trans women, you know, once you're fully developed, people say she's, re- they, they call it realness. They're mm. real. 
And I think we see this on post a little bit with Candy. Candy is one of the daughters from the House of Abundance. Now, Candy was dealing with struggling with, you know, plastic surgery. She was um, mm-hmm. Botox um, and also to ask um, injections for the buttocks. And so was Angel considering them to for a moment. Now, this is something that is very common in the trans community, which is mm-hmm. uh, self-dysmorphia, which mm-hmm. is when there are certain parts of your body that you're not loving and you don't like, so you harm yourself sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I personally had dealt with self-dysmorphia back in the day. There were certain parts that I didn't like because people called me too bad or, just, or to this or to that. And there were certain times I wanted to cut certain pieces of my body with scissors um, just because I didn't like them. So. So my thing is that, you know, I don't think that it's nice when the community or people tell somebody, somebody who says I am trans, but are not fully female representing and are, you know, still male representing. They tell them, no, you're not. You're still a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's very, very sad because, you know, uh, first of all, you are this discouraging somebody from wanting to want to be who they want to be first of all you know and second of all this is something that is very hurtful to say you know things like that because you know these you know trans women they feel who, how they want to feel if they feel like women if they feel like women if they are they say that they are women you have to respect that you have to respect that and you know and criticizing them they you know how they look or they should be this way or they should be that way yeah, you know and you know what's yeah. one thing there isn't a uniform to being who you are you are just who you are and people need to realize that we live in america where it's a country that it's the land of the brave and the free first exactly. of all land land of the free means we're entitled to do what we please to that we believe in the brave yeah. people who are brave enough to be themselves mm-hmm. and the free the freedom of expression and voice Exactly, you know, exactly. And the thing is that, for example, but you know what? I think that in overall, women are criticized. Women, trans women, and women are criticized. For example, let's say that, for example, for instance, a woman. No, no trans woman, but a woman. A girl with a woman, you know? Uh, well, a trans know, woman is a regular yeah, woman. Yeah, a trans woman is a regular woman, excuse me, I'm sorry. But what I'm saying, you know, even an overall for women, you know, they are criticized for being dressed. How they are dressed, how they are, uh, how they walk, how they behave. You know, if they are overweight or they are uh, skinny, you know, or if they want to come, you may want to compete. You know, they need to have a certain way. Or even models, you know, they they are, uh, they have to be in a certain way. Uh, for example, um, I have a, a friend, a co-worker, and she's a model. And uh, when she work, she also work with me. Um, at the store uh, when, you know, as a part-time. And she almost fainted on me. And I say, well, she almost fainted on me. And I said, why? Why? What's going on? She said, no, because I have to eat every, uh, I have to eat a certain amount of food in order for me to model, in order for me to, you know, dress in a certain way, in order for me to uh, look uh, acceptable. And, and, yep, I said, and that's where we fall back to self dysmorphia. Self dysmorphia, um, and then she wasn't eating. She wasn't even. She stopped. You know, she was eating yep, an apple, talk- and then she was eating for 
for uh, a door and she wa- she didn't she wanna eat the whole day. And that affected her a lot. And I wasn't that wasn't fair because she went to the hospital and she was she ended up in the hospital with a ulcer for the whole week. <laughs> you know? And then was that worth it? You know, because what people people were saying that she wasn't skinny enough. You know? And no, the thing is that it's never enough for people. It's never enough, but it's the real matter of the fact is when is it enough for you? Yeah. And and the reason why I'm saying this is because as somebody who deals with self dysmorphia and has dealt with anorexic um anxiety, yeah. it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. And you know, I hate when people tell me personally, Oh, stop being depressed or stop being this and that. That's all in your head. You're acting stupid. Yeah. No, it's a thing. People go through these things. Now, I remember back in the day, um, this was about four years ago, mm-hmm. um, when I when I used to drag um, in the early days, I would never wear a corset. I didn't need a corset because my body was um, my body was thin, my body was mm-hmm. flat, so I did not wear a corset. All I did was wear tights, and mm-hmm. the tights would cinch up my body, and mm-hmm. that would be off. Yes. So I had to stay a certain weight. I also lost a lot of weight because the guy that I liked at the time with somebody who was an athlete so yeah. i said to myself if i become an athlete then he might like me now you know we're talking about acceptance and finding acceptance with people mm-hmm. and finding it but the thing is that we don't realize this we need to find acceptance with ourselves now yeah. my thing is how have i dealt with myself dysmorphia well i have come to terms with myself that you know i have been skinny i have been fat and i have been in between and i have been obese now and all these matter of the facts is weight becomes a thing for some of us where it's either attractive or yeah. we're not attractive mm-hmm. exactly. but you know what if you want to hear the truth mm-hmm. is to be honest mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're fat if you're obese if you're skinny if you're chubby because at the end of the day men or women or people in general yeah. or whatever they identify yes. we're always gonna want one thing or was or or gonna be looking for another thing yeah i mean and the reason why i'm saying this is because let's go back to the guy that i liked now i lost a lot of weight and i went to the gym mm-hmm. and the only thing that was consuming to my body diet was water and a bread of croissant and that was it mm-hmm. and i ended up in the hospital i ended up catching seizures i ended yeah. up doing you know really big damage to my body during that time mm-hmm. and you know I was dealing with all of this just because I wanted to lose weight. Yeah, you know, the guy that I was, the, mm-hmm. the guy that I liked, he was very fit. He was very skeletal muscle, like six pack and all that shit. And um, mm-hmm. the thing was, I learned something from him. Yeah. That I ended up internalizing, which was, you know, this is a guy who, who people would say, "Wow, he's beautiful. Like he is mm-hmm. attractive. He should be a model. He's probably a bodybuilder." Like this is what people probably think about him. Yeah, people didn't know that he himself was dealing with self dysmorphia. He didn't actually like to look um, fit. He didn't like his muscles. He didn't like how he had sex. Back. He didn't like the fact that he was obsessed with, um, well, not obsessed, but like that mm-hmm. he his parents built him up to go to the gym a lot. Wow. He was um. he was he was feeling some self dysmorphia himself. Now we you know we talk about people who go to the gym where we talk about skinny people like oh oh they're skinny they can't have whatever we want they want no we can't say those things sometimes because yeah. we don't know what they're going through it's not you know it's not fair because one thing I have to say is that it's not fair to yourself I think it's important to love yourself 
and to accept yourself. This is very important because if you don't accept yourself and you don't take care of yourself, nobody's going to take care of you. You're going to end up being sick. You're going to end up being in the hospital. And the thing is that, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's very, very bad, very bad. And for example, you know, in my, in my case, um, I was unarrested. I don't know if I ever told you that, uh, German, but I was unarrested. And, um, I went and, you know, like, uh, for, for, for many years, I was like that. I wanted to be skinny. And I ended up being sick with a stomach and I had, and got a stomach condition for about four or five years. And which I, I had to treat. Mm-hmm. I have a question about your anorexia. Were you anorexic because of the fact that you thought the skinny was pretty or was it because you just wanted to be skinny? No, I was anorexic for the fact that I look nice being skinny. Uh, one thing that I didn't so like you, was, so, mm-hmm. so, so you grew, so you were growing up with the mindset of believing that skinny was pretty. Yes, I was because I mean, one thing I have to say, I didn't like my nose. My nose was big. I mean, I thought my nose was big, and because of, I used to see my nose and I didn't like it, I was, I really wanted to start losing weight. And one thing that I grew up with the mindset that, um, you know, women were supposed to be look beautiful whether in the world skinny so i remember uh watching movies with beautiful women uh reading magazines with all these beautiful models and these beautiful girls and i wanted to be like them so and every time uh for example i had a, a boyfriend i had two boyfriends and they were really like you know praising me because i was a uh, skinny and i have a, i had a nice body and you know, and because I was very skinny, I used to say, oh, why are you very skinny? You look very beautiful. And the thing is, I wanted to hear that. And so I said, well, you know what? I wanted to be a size zero. I wanted to be a size one. So, um, and I ended up, uh, I, I think I used to weigh about 100 pounds to 105 pounds. That was my weight and for a long time. And it was because, um, Basically, society was telling me in a way that I should be skinny. So you know what? I was trying to do that. You know, and that's a big thing. Society, you know, we live in a in a modern world society where things are trending. And you know, if you know, back in the day, was to be skinny as a, a size zero was pretty because that's what models were considered. Yeah. But now we live in a society where. You know, if you are, if you have an hourglass body, then you are considered thick and beautiful. Yeah. Now, my thing is just, it's just so interesting how society does really have an imagery of what is beautiful. Like, let's talk about gay, gay men. Gay men believe that white men are beautiful, but for white men, Latino men who are as athletic are beautiful, but to then um, both of them sometimes they sexualize black people, yet at the same time. They're being racist to black people by putting on grinder, no n words. Yeah. Um, not looking, you know. And so my thing is just like, and then we talk about trans women. Oh, you're not women enough if you don't have this body, or you look, you you would never be a woman with that body. And then we talk about women, mm-hmm. women not accepting their their beautiness, you know. And I think people really need to embrace body positivity. Yeah. And you know what? 
we shouldn't even be worrying about if people are embracing body positivity because we should be embracing body positivity towards yes, ourselves. Exactly. We, you know, our body is a temple yes. and we should be loving our temple. You know, it is your choice to what you want to put in your body. Mm-hmm. It is your choice what you want to do with your body. It is your choice if you want to put a piercing tattoo your body. Mm-hmm. That is your body. Remember that in this life, the sole purpose of this life in my eyes, because I'm not going to speak for everybody. Yeah. In my eyes, is happiness. Happiness, exactly. We, as humans, as humans, we don't live because we need to work. We don't live because we need to have babies. Yeah. We don't live for that. No, we live for happiness. That's what motivates exactly. us. That is the adrenaline. That's the adrenaline of life. Happiness. Mm-hmm. We want to be happy as people, mm-hmm. and we try to find happiness. And sometimes. We think that happiness is what other people perceive as happiness. But remember, that's their happiness, yes, exactly. not yours. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's very important for people to understand that who you are is what people are going to remember. You know, for example, if you are a good person, you do things for others. That's what people are going to remember at the end. They're not going to remember you as you being beautiful or being skinny or being... No, you're not going to do that. And to be honest with you, you know, as a better person you are, you know, that's how people are going to think of you. And that's what it is. But the thing is, uh, is also that you have to really understand that uh, if you want to be a beautiful person, it's also to, so you can, don't have to hurt others. You want to be a beautiful person. You want to seem like a beautiful person. Because what happens, you know, if you are a, uh, you have a great body, you have a beautiful face, but you are horrible to others. You know, you put somebody down like that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be worse. So, you know. But guess what? Karma yeah. is a bitch. So whoever tells, whoever tells you you're not otherwise, yeah. remember, that's them talking to their own sabotage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But jumping back into pose, you know what? I am excited excited for season three i know that recently they were filming um but they had to stop filming due to quarantine covid19 yeah now you know unfortunately that's sad because we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for post um season three to come out but i am very excited to see it i want to see what comes up with poppy and angel i want to see what's I want to see how it's going to be the AIDS um, epidemic mm-hmm. with Blanca. Yeah. Because Blanca is is um, is HIV positive yes. in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What do, you, what do you think about that? You know, it's very interesting how, you know, if, if people were even afraid to just tell other people, oh, I have HIV or I have AIDS. Like, it's very interesting because, we're you know, we're living also to... And in, in an environment right now where, let's say, if you have COVID-19, yeah. people are going to look at you as a bad person. Yes, exactly. One thing I have to say at that time and, I, and uh, back in the day and even now for HIV people, you know, it's very difficult for people to, for example, say that they, uh, they have HIV positive. Because people are going to say, yeah, why, how do you get that? You know, you got it, uh, you know, by having sex or you got it by using drugs or you, you got it, you, you know, they criticize you. 
you know so you don't even want to well, tell that's, them that's one i want to commend you on that because that's very that's a very great point yeah that you know back in the day if the community told each other oh i am hiv positive the community kind of really was supported to yes. each other's back in the day because you know it was an epidemic where it wasn't treated yeah. but now that um aids and hiv is treated yes. it's kind of like it's kind of like if you say that you have it yeah. people backlash you and tell you well you shouldn't be a slut exactly. or you shouldn't have been holding around exactly. like why do we slut shame people for having something that you know could have been an accidentally <laughs> condom tear could have been an accidental rape or not well let's not say accidental yeah, rape, 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 yeah. rape. Mm-hmm. but something that's not but your like, fault how you can, <laughs> yeah so like but let, let's talk about like like why are we slut shaming and you know slut shaming is a big thing nowadays but you know what's one thing yeah. we slut shame people mm-hmm. but the way that we post pictures on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. we're sluts ourselves yeah Exactly. Mhm. Yep. You know, we're sluts. We're like it's all about the trend and and how do we pose and the poses that we kind of pose. Yeah. Me myself included, they're kind of slutty and I mean I'm not going to sit there and like during the quarantine, I am going to put a cute little pic where I want to, you know, catch your uh-huh. eye and be like, "Hey, boo, I'm available." <laughs> yeah, and you're cute. You are very cute. Oh, thank you. And I have to say and you're delicious. <laughs> Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure so, that you are out there, and you know, and I and I see you. I definitely will click on you to be like, oh my god. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and all the boys and gender between, I am officially available. It's been, girl, you know what? It's been like seven months for me right now. I haven't had any. Right now, I am currently working at my job, and I'm kind of eyeing. I am one of my coworkers. I'm just like, hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's funny because today he actually gave me his Instagram account and his phone number. I was like, thanks, Gia. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's very nice, Anthony. You know, because you know why I say, you know, you can be working very hard and you can be doing a lot of things right now because I know you're very busy. But I think that you know, maybe yeah, you too. You know, don't work too hard. You should give yourself a chance if you you know to. To know somebody, you know, we're going to make it happen. Now, now before we finish this little episode, I want to play a little quick game. Five questions to yeah. each other. They can be any type of questions you can think. Of. You can start thinking about them now because I already got one question <laughs> for you. Um, question number one yes. for you. What is an area of self growth? You think you have excel on during this quarantine? During this quarantine, um, one thing yes. I have to say honestly is cooking. To be honest with you, yes, I was a terrible cook. Okay, really bad. I and I have to tell you because I was here the whole time and I wasn't. It's not I wasn't doing anything, but you know I was. I wasn't able to go anywhere. You know, I was able. To to cook everything, everything that I wanted to do. For example, like I wanted to do a pastry, make a pastry. Then I want to make a pastry. So I was I became creative with the cooking, you know. And so I'm able to do the to to make delicious food right now. 
And you know, and I actually I discovered myself that I have a talent as a coach. And um, I didn't know I had this talent. Also, you have sacred talents. <laughs> I hope those same sacred talents are in bed. Oh as my well. god, no, because you know, I was, make, I was making a, a pumpkin, pumpkin bread. But you know what? I had a pumpkin squash, and then I added cinnamon, and then I added、uh, condensed milk, and then I put it in the oven. Oh my god, when that came out, that was delicious. And my husband was like, What is what? How do you call this? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> but it was really, really good. And, and then I put chicken in the oven, but then I put all the seasoning, and then I cut the onions, and then I made my own seasoning, and, and I marinated you know, marinate the chicken very well, something that I never did. And honestly, my cooking is very bad. But the, you know, in this quarantine, I really, really, really became a good cook, I have to tell you that. And I'm very proud of myself. So I'm telling you that I, I, that I thought I never had. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys better place your order.、Yes. <laughs> Now, your turn. Ladies, here's your question. Okay.、Uh, so, I wanted to、um, ask you a question. Go ahead. What was the most difficult thing that you encountered in this uh, uh, quarantine? Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, so one of the most difficult things that I have encountered, I think some of you guys have seen it on my Instagram and as well as my Facebook, has been me trying to rekindle a relationship with my、mm-hmm. family and then going back to、mm-hmm. Florida and just blowing up in my face where, you know, my mom's still homophobic.、Mm-hmm. She says she still believes. That I, that it's my choice that I'm gay or queer or trans. And like, it's, it's, this, I think that's one of the most difficult things. I thought something else was the、mm-hmm. difficult thing, which was,、um, you know, the loss of, of, of someone significant.、Mm-hmm. But it, it was more of that, you know, of that eye opener of like, I really lost my family.、Mm-hmm. But, I have also learned that have I really lost my family?、Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the most difficult things that I have faced, other than financial stability、mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it was very difficult for you. And but I have to tell you, first of all, it's not a choice to be gay, it's not a choice. It's basically, it's, people think that it's a choice. And I heard people saying, well, you chose to be gay. Or you, because you, it's not that you chose or you like. No, it is what it is. You, wanna, you are gay because you are gay. Period. It's like when you're it's straight. Not, it's, you're straight. straight. Basically, yeah, it's like. Oh, look at you saying period.、Yeah. Period. Yeah, exactly. For、no. example,、well, you know,、um, you know it's, it's not a choice that, let's say, that you. Let's say, for instance, you know, I don't like, I don't like、uh, elderly men. Okay, well, some people are attracted to elderly men, for example, you know? But you know what? what you know, it's not an option. It's the way it's what you don't like or what you like. It's a, it's, it's a sexual orientation. And that's what it is, you know? And the thing is that it's what it is. But I think that one thing I have to say is that knowing you, 
I learned to love you. You know, you're a wonderful, wonderful human being. And I have to tell you that. And I'm very, very proud of you. And I'm very proud of you. And I'm also a gifted bowler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... But you know how to say, you know, by, by, by you know, when I guess when we talked about before, you know, so the family is not important than the, the people who, you know, who, you know, who gave birth to you, like your mother or your father. The family is are the people that you choose and the people who choose you too, you know? So it's just, that's yep. what it is. And I think that you have a family, you have me, you know, you are my little brother and I love you, you know, and you're going to have me, you know, and that's something that you, you're always, always going to have. And like I say, Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm literally gonna always replay this um, this podcast whenever. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, no, down. you know exactly. You know, one thing I have to say is that I don't have brothers. I have sisters, but I don't have brothers, and I always wanted to have a brother and a little brother. And you know what? Yeah. And I found my little <laughs> brother, and I'm telling you the truth. I found my little brother, and it's like you know, it, and it's. I think that God blessed me. I was the abortion that yeah. got away. <laughs> I think I'm very blessed to know you. Now, I have a question yes. for you. Miss yes. Erica. How many sex toys would you say that you have come to play with during this quarantine? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't have uh, sex toys. I don't have sex toys because I wasn't even to buy one, you know. But one thing I have to say is that I, the bathroom is my best place. When I take a shower, <laughs> and I use my fingers, and I close my eyes, and I imagine... And, I, and you say to yourself, <laughs> I do believe in fairies. No! I imagine that I have all these men coming, you know, and on the, you know, and you know, having you know a good time. For example, one in the back and one in the front, you know, and one is a nice black man with a nice big penis, right? <laughs> and another one is you know like a nice uh you know white man also, but uh you know by the same time you know. Uh, and then I have other fantasies like, uh, for example, you know, a nice woman with a nice big breast, you know, and it's nice. And uh, how you say, I like, I like women that are like, how you say, like, a, you like big I like things. big breasts. I do. I'm sorry, but I do. I like big breasts, you know, and but at the same time, you know, I like them to have like a little belly, a little bit of belly. And I like them to be like a little bit of darker skin. Seriously. And I... Oh, you love to play, honey. I, yeah, I, I have a lot, a lot of imagination. So you know what? So basically, when I am in the shower, you know, I do my exercises. And this is my time, you know, where, you know, nobody sees me. But I like to have water on me. And that's one thing. That's, that's how I imagine myself, uh, you know, making love with all these different people. So, you know, but when once this quarantine is over, I'm going to go and get my sex toys. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now your turn to ask your question. Okay, so my I have a question for you. Um. So I don't know. Okay, so this is my question. Uh, what do you miss about making love? What is your favorite thing about when you make love? Oh my god! Is that can you? Uh, that that's a hard <laughs> question. Okay, I'm uh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> you don't have to answer. No, I'm obviously there's no balance given. We don't care. <laughs> but here we go. So honestly, like. I truly, the only reason why I haven't really been stressing sex uh, without sex in seven months, it's because of the fact that that's the thing I actually do miss making love the most. Because um, I think what I love about making love is that it's more of the mm-hmm. person, the conversation you have with them. And I think that making love sometimes is not really that physical agenda of like, um, you know physically you know penetrating yeah. someone or like or like getting penetrated or anything like that it's more about really that sweet talk that that touchy touchy of the person that mm-hmm. you're in love with and that aunt i guess that's what I so mean. you are more uh how you say emotional and more spiritual and more uh basically you like Somebody who makes love to you. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. Oh my yes. goodness! Yeah, actually, you know, I you seem like a this kind of person that you know you can probably be with, you know, and make love all night. You know, passionate. Oh, are you yes. telling me something? <laughs> <laughs> all right, now uh, my turn. Let's see. If yes. All right, let's see. If you, well, no, I already asked you this yes. one last time. How, when one word describe yourself? How do you describe myself? In one word only. In one word? Um, yep. I describe myself. Um, very laid back. Yeah, laid back, back okay. and, re- and basically laid back because I'm the kind of person that I don't get upset all the time. Like I'm very, uh, if somebody does something, you know, it will bother me a little bit. But you know what? Then I say, well, you know what? You know, it's fine. You know, um, I give the person the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I don't get upset all the time. And I really... But I think you have a lot of voice. I think you should share your voice. And I'm glad that you're sharing your voice in, yes. in this podcast. Because you Actually, have a lot you know, what, one thing I have to say, I am I am laid back, but at the same time, I am... Um, I'm shy, believe it or not. I, I mean, it's not like a... I am outspoken or I'm the kind of person that I will, uh, you know, I'm very, um, how you say, um, social. Uh, there is, I am social with people who I trust and I get to know very well. But um, for most part, I am more, you know, I say like laid back and intro, you know, more, more introverted. 
it's interesting. But you know what I mean? Like when I was, I was before when you told me about when you asked me about doing a podcast, I was kind of nervous and I was kind of shy because I say, "Oh my God, I have an accent," you know, <laughs> and my voice and my. Oh, we love that. Yeah, but you know what? I, I talk to you in Spanish all the time, right? Uh, What's well, funny because a lot of you know a lot of people who are Spanish, they think that I don't have an accent, but accent American. Who was white? They will no, tell you, you I don't have, have an, an accent. accent at all. You speak English very well. I know, but I, I, I know. But here's the thing: I don't have an accent towards Latinos or people of color. But if you ask a white American who only speaks English and American is their culture, they will tell you that I have an accent. I have well, a Latino actually, accent. Well, actually, can I tell you something? You know what my, you know my Kirika said. My husband said that you don't, you don't have an accent at all. No. Oh, no, my Kirika, he's like a hard German. He said he has a nice voice and he has a, he, he, he likes the way, the way you talk. You know, he's saying you are very, uh, you are very well spoken. Because, you know, I, uh, yeah, I had oh, you, uh, you. one time I, I, uh, he was listening to your voice because I happened to put you in the speaker for only for a few minutes. Because, you know, I had to do something. And then uh, and he told me, oh, you know, he sounds like your friend Victor. Because my friend Victor, he talks exactly like you. And he was, you know, he's American. He was born here. And, uh, but it's like, uh, he said, no, he has a very, very nice voice. And I say, yeah, I know he does. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, yeah. No, Thank no. You. Yeah, but you know, yeah. All right, your turn to yes. ask me a question. Okay. Okay, so my question is, um, ah, uh, okay. Are you a, um, are you an introverted person or you are an extroverted person? Are you, so, yes. Oh, that's a great question. So I think my outer shell, I'm an extrovert. What I present to people is what yeah. I want people to see, which is my extra, it's, it's my extrovert person. It's, you know, I'm somebody who I don't have a filter. I will just mm -hmm. say it what it is and I'll just let it yes. out how it is. But I believe that mind and soul, I'm very much of an introvert. The difference between that and, and my extrovert version is that my introverts with mind and soul is that there are certain mm -hmm. things that I suppress, my certain demons, my certain, you know, um, kind of thought process that tells me you're not good enough or, or, or like you're nobody and stuff like that. that yeah. I tell myself that that's kind of like my, yeah. my saboteur. So it's kind of like my, my, my kind of not not being sure about things but i always present myself like if i'm sure then i just let it out and i feel like that's oh okay thing. yeah because i see you um to me i always see you like you are um outspoken and you are very sociable and my yeah. you know that's how i i see you and i think that you say things the way they are and you are you know, you say things that are the truth, and basically, you are a transparent person. You know, then you can see through. Yes, as crystal yeah. clear as glass. So, 
They call me Lysol because yeah, you can no, see no, you through can Lysol. See through, you know, I, mean, I can see through you. And you know, and people like that, uh, basically that's the, the people that you should trust. Because I think that they, you know what you're going to expect from them. You know what, you're a good person. And you're a wonderful person. And the thing is, like, I, I know that you're the kind of person that you don't talk uh, behind anybody back. You don't. You try, you wanna say it. You wanna say Thank it. You. I don't. I, yeah, you say, it how, say it is, how it is, and you say things how how they are, and you know, it's, you people don't have to be afraid of you, you know, turning around and talking about you because you you're going to know, yep. you know, I you know. Because I'm gonna let you know, and I'm gonna let everybody know. And if you think that I'm not going to say it in your face, I will say it in your face in front of everybody or anybody. Because, <laughs> girl, I'm like that. Yes. So my last question to you um, is, if your partner was a pastry or mm-hmm. a candy treat, what would it be? What would he be? If my, okay, if my uh, partner was a, a candy treat, huh? Or a pastry treat, what would he be? Mm. Ah. It would be no, 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 no. Actually, it would be um. Ah. I. Oh wow, you're making noises. <laughs> How excited. Yes. It will be a chocolate. It's be a chocolate brownie. When chocolate chocolate. I can brownie. see that. I can see that. Something something smooth, nutty, oh hard. Oh my chocolate. god. Chocolate chocolate is the balance me. for people's it emotions. Chocolate, it turns me on. Yes. Chocolate? It turns me. Oh, yeah. It turns me out like in a many, many different ways. If I had to marry, I would marry chocolate. You know, because the chocolate would be like it's it's basically tasty. It's uh it's a little bitter, but at the same time it's smooth and uh but I would be like sweet and it's like it's it basically fills my emotions. I don't know what it is, but it stimulates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I need Drum a stimulation. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I have. A, can I can I ask you one question? Yes, my yes, question. One, one question for you: Will you be an activist someday? Will you become an activist someday? I think I'm already yes. an actress. <laughs> no, no, an actress. <laughs> no, an activist. Like, yeah. Oh, an activist. I'm actually, I'm an activist. Um, a lot of what I do um, behind the works that people don't know is a lot of activism mm-hmm. work. Um, I'm actually one of the best known canvassers in the nation to have fundraised funds for marriage mm-hmm. equality. Yes. I am also an activist in mm-hmm. New York City, feeding them homeless and also talking and bringing awareness about trans communities when I travel, to, when we are not in quarantine, but when yes. I do travel, I do have college shows where I do a lot of activism work about awareness mm-hmm. for trans youth, um, awareness of bio mm-hmm. queens, awareness of non-binary people, and awareness of self dysmorphia, mm-hmm. homeless, um, in the LGBT community. I, I have been doing a lot of activism work, um, just because I have dealt with a lot of 
unjustice things as a person of color so i i am an an activist and there's future things coming up so ladies and gentlemen that is a wrap for this episode if you are listening to us through your car on the way to work on the subway remember to always be wearing a mask and remember to always wash those beautiful hands and to sanitize them and rinse and repeat my name is lady german and this is erica and just a quick little reminder there is something coming to your zooms this tuesday and that is college tuesday philippines Mm -hmm. invasion don't forget to come and watch us and watch me host this week with millennia and two other special guests from the philippines so remember to join us in and also to remember that if you can't love yourself how the fuck you're gonna love somebody else but again i am lady german and this is my lovely co-host erica and we're signing off with a little bit of Tuolipa. Yes. Bye. Take Bye. care.